recording. We're recording. We're finally recording. We are actually recording for the last minute. Oh, really? Yeah. No, we can cut all that out then. Nah. <laughs> just a couple seconds of just straight dead air yeah. to intro our episode. That sounds like a great idea. It's that's like how, no other. I, see, I hear that's how podcasts flourish. The more dead air you have. It's kind of like, uh, oh, uh, not AS, ASMR. Like oh, ASMR. Yeah. We'll just start an ASMR podcast. You know, people can buy, you know, $100 headphones to listen to nothing. Duh. I think we could do it. I think it would work, actually. You know, Bose? With the amount of crap people can sell these days. Bose has sleep earbuds like that. 250 bucks. They're wireless earbuds. Supposedly, they give you a good night's sleep. I don't know how true that is, but... Well, I mean... If they're, like, they're in the noise-canceling kind of stuff. Yeah, they are. But yeah, I don't know yeah. if they... They also, I guess, have some... ASMR programmed in, but hmm. I don't know. That might be bad. But no, like this is, it will be just straight silence. And we'll, we'll call it, I don't know, our inner thoughts. Oh, that's horrifying. <laughs> it's just nothing. Nothing at all. Well, uh, your, your cats are something tonight. They're so good. One of them took a swipe at me earlier. I, yeah, that was perfect. They tried to swipe my hand. I think that got out of the way just in time. What good babies. Why are they... We apologize for the background noise. They're messing up your blinds. Whatever. He's still perfect. Anyway. I don't understand cat people. We're back this doesn't, week. Doesn't after, make any sense to me. After a one-week hiatus. Oh, don't forget, we have a Twitter. We do have a Twitter. <laughs> we almost never mentioned this. We do have a Twitter. I just posted something on it. What's our Twitter account? Follow us at Carpe Noctum oh, Pod. Okay. Carpe Noctum Pod. Say, wow, C-A-R-P-E. N-O-C-T-E-M-P-O-D. Head to Twitter and follow us. We need some more followers. We're pretty active on there. I'm pretty active on there. And yet we have like 10 followers. So we, hey. have, more, we have more listeners than followers at least. But That's good. I still feel like we need more followers. Well, we also there. never mention our Twitter. That's true. Ever. Yeah. I think we've mentioned it three times this entire yeah. podcast. Yeah. We're... We're balls deep into season two. Like our, and our first season, I think we mentioned it. And like towards the end of our first season, or like beginning of the second season, we kind of mentioned it. Yeah. And then now, we're, so we should probably, you know. We need to start doing it every episode. Yeah, just a quick, hey everyone, welcome to our channel. Like, subscribe, follow us, and you'll get all that awesome content that we got to make. <laughs> oh my god, I don't want to be one of those people. <laughs> Hello you, fellow YouTubers. What are you drinking, Dylan? I am drinking, what is this? Sam 76, refreshing, flavorful craft. Mm. It's De- beer. Delicious. It's, bas- it's beer. It's a basic beer. It's Yeah, it's pretty basic. It's good, though. It's it's good. It's not bad. I've never actually had a Samuel Adams before. Um, it's not bad. I just finished a porch rocker. Samuel Adams porch rocker. It's a really good, like, a, uh, it's a Rattler, technically, but it, it almost tastes like a lemon beer. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, I've never tried that. It's, it's, that sounds pretty good. The, uh, summer seasonal that they have every year. I'm so happy it's finally summer. I know. Mm. Although the last couple of days have been really cold all of a sudden. But you know, it's been... It's in the been, 50s. Yeah, that's so... And at night, perfect. it was pushing into the 30s. I went mountain biking on Saturday in shorts, and it was like... It was awesome. Last night, it was like 30 degrees. No, no I mean, yeah, at nighttime. Today, it was like... It hit 50, and I was like... I like oh, those days goodness. where it's like 70 during the day and like 50 at night. I, 50, I like 50. Coming out of like the cold, 50 feels so good. Like, it's cool... You can go and like do things outside, wear a t-shirt and just some jeans. Sure. 50s beautiful. Can you give me that bottle over? So, I don't know. Yeah, because at work today, 
like when one of the ladies was leaving, she's like, is it still cold outside? I was like, no, it's fine. And the guy that's sitting next to me is like, no. He's, remember, he's from Alaska. It's probably <laughs> freezing outside. <laughs> to which she responded by grabbing her jacket and immediately oh, putting thought, it on. I thought it felt good out today. It felt amazing out today. It, it was, was like so warm. 56 or something. Oh, it was good. Awesome. Love it. Felt nice. All right, so I have no idea what you're talking about this week. Me either. Would you? Oh, good. Did you want me no, to start that? I, I, actually do, I actually do have something. Uh, oh, happy April Fool's, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I, you just reminded me it was April Fool's. I wasn't thinking about it. Did you do anything cool for April Fool's? No, never. Uh, so we technically did on accident at my office. I was going to say, who's we? Not me. Uh, so Friday, at my job, a bunch of our man- most of our managers were gone. And one of the managers hates like the little stickers that come off of apples, like the produce apples. <laughs> Not like apple stickers like the Mac, but organic like real apples uh-huh. and uh one of the ladies i had just been like giving her my apple stickers because i'll usually bring an apple for lunch so she had like four of them and she came over to my our area she's like yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go put these in his office and my other friend kyle he he, he kind of smirks and he lifts up one of like his panels in uh, his cubicle and he goes no this is a lobster because he has like 30 apple stickers he's just been like collecting and so we go and we like just hide him all over the guy's the manager's like cubicle and office. He'll be finding those things till like he quits his job. <laughs> it's yeah. It Does he know it was you? I per- is I it much of an April Fool's joke? Was it more of like a prank? Yeah. And, and like, but he like he came back to the office today, April first, and just found apple stickers just literally all over his cubicle. So Do you think it was funny or was he pretty pissed? He was like, it's that like pissed funny. Right. Where you're like, this is like, like gosh dang it. But like, ah, uh, you uh-huh. got, got him. Like that yeah. angry funny. Sure. Where he's not, he's like, uh, he's not really angry. He's just like really annoyed with you. And you're like, like I hate you. Arr, you meddling kids. You're dumb dog. Right. I've just been watching a lot of Scooby-Doo lately, so. I'm really happy for you. <laughs> My life is a sad one. I know. Well, yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with your topic. Oh, okay. I think well, we should start there today. All right, that's fine. Because this kind is of excited. I I am pretty excited because this is a bit of a long topic. This will this will be a big chunk of time, but I'm excited for it. Okay. Um, so I will say this is not as relevant this week um, because I did this based off of an article in January. So so it's not as timely. Okay. But, uh, so this year was the 20th anniversary of the premiere of one of the greatest TV shows ever, HBO's The Sopranos. Ah, I knew it. January 2000, or 1999 was the premiere date. Is it that old? Is that old? Wow. I've never actually seen The Sopranos. Oh my god, what's wrong with you? It's, a lot. Oh, it's just flawless. But, um, I've heard it's absolutely amazing. It is. But, uh, so, you know, back to celebrate the 20th anniversary back in January, uh, the New York Times, a few, three different TV critics compiled a list of the 20 best TV dramas since The Sopranos. Um, so I'm going to go through those real quick. Can I, get, then, can I guess some of the ones there at the top? Yes, but not yet. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll go through them. We'll go okay. through them here in a second. What I decided to do was take one of my favorite shows, AMC's Mad Men. 
also worked on by Matthew Weiner, who worked on The Sopranos. Um, and I have decided there the 12th anniversary of that show isn't until July. But I decided to come up with the 12 shows, the 12 best shows since The Sopranos. So they it's had to have started after the 2007 premiere date of Mad Men. It could have started and finished before Mad Men ended. I don't think any of them did. But it had to have at least started. And it had to be one more than one season. So it couldn't be like a... Miniseries. It couldn't be a miniseries. Yeah. Um, and it had to be a drama, so it couldn't be, like, I would have wanted to put, for example, like, Last Week Tonight by John Oliver, I would have put that on yeah, there, but that's short. not a drama. Yeah. Um, and it had to have been something that I have watched all of, or at least most of, because there are some shows that, like, were very impactful, but, like, I haven't watched them, so I can't comment on them specifically. One of the first ones that comes to mind is, like, Transparent on Amazon Prime. Uh, which is, and I say that because that's actually on this list. Again, we'll get to that in a minute, but that's on this list. And one of the reasons they put it on their list is because it showed what a 21st century family could look like. Mm-hmm. Which, and it was pretty much the first, and I, honestly, I think at this point, one of the only shows that has done that. Um, it's called Transparent. Transparent. It's on Amazon Prime. Yes. I'm gonna have to watch that. It's with it's with Jeffrey Tambor. He was he was in. Um, Arrested Development as the dad. Oh, I love him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he plays uh, an individual who, at a very old age, comes out as trans and transitions to a woman. Hence the name. Hence the name trans parent. Oh, that's not exactly what I thought that was going to be. Yeah, well, that's what that is. So, <laughs> but but I have not <laughs> seen it. What did I, have? I watched a little bit of the first episode. You know, it's it's an Emmy winner. I want to get into it. and I want to watch it, but I have not watched enough of it that I could put it on this list. You know. Uh, but we'll go through their 20, and go ahead, give me some guesses of okay. what you think is I on think the, the top five. The, they the, they did it in chronological order. They didn't rank them. They just said... Oh, uh, okay. So, since, so, Breaking Bad, obviously, is going to be on there. Yes, it is. Uh, Sons of Anarchy, I'm guessing, is on there. Mm-mm. Really? But that's on mine. Huh. Spoiler. I, that I, is on mine. I've never seen it, but I know it's I was, pretty big. I was ready. I'm ready to defend that, because I thought a lot before I put that on my list. But we'll we'll talk about okay. that. When we get to uh, it. Walking Dead. No, really. That's on mine. That's incredible. Like that was like I remember the later seasons weren't that great, but like the first I remember like three seasons. Phenomenal. Were like phenomenal. Like, that's all. Groundbreaking. Anybody, when yeah. you have a show that comes after your show to talk about the show you just watched. Yeah. You're making a pretty good show. Yeah. Yeah. So the first few seasons were fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of some others. I haven't watched TV like it's been so long. Some of them you might not think of. Probably. Uh, but. Or, Arrested Development? No. I don't know if that one... Oh, yeah, I didn't know that one. Some of them are HBO shows. A couple uh, of them... Westworld? No. Which really? is ridiculous. That's on mine. That's it's a, so good. It's so good. Uh, Game of Thrones? Does that count? Yes. Okay. That is on there. Okay, I wasn't sure if that counted in this. I guess that would technically be... That's a drama. Like, it's a drama fantasy. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it... That's if a, that, that counts as a drama. Uh, oh, man. That kind of surprises me that... Sound of Anarchy. Or, huh. I'm trying to think of like other shows now. It's been so long. Oh, um, uh, it's not not Driftwood. Uh, Deadwood. Deadwood. That is on there. Okay, Deadwood. Yes. Uh, there's another. Speaking junk- of which, that anniversary is this year. Okay. I think it was this past month. Okay. But they did you know that they're coming out with a Deadwood movie? I did. I did and, see and that. And so yet. I have to binge all I've, of Deadwood. I've never in seen time. Deadwood, so I'm, we might have to. I've never heard it. a bad thing about it. I, I mean, like, I've heard it's amazing. I have. I, I heard it really. It was one of those shows, like perhaps even more so than The Sopranos. It really pushed the boundaries of 
the darkness of morality portrayed on TV. Like, I am. And Ian McShane is in that. Okay. So I'm really excited to see that. I'm gonna have, uh, yeah, we, should, we might have to watch that too. Actually, Ian McShane's coming back for the, for the movie. That's good. A lot of the same characters. Uh, so I'm, like, really <laughs> excited for that. Uh, Mad Men. That's on there. Uh, Donovan. What's the full title? Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan? That's not on there. Okay. Uh, not uh, Justified? I don't think that's on there. Okay. Wait. Yes, it is. I think it is. Uh, well, Justified is on there. Okay. Yes. Uh, what is that other... Like, that was one of those... I didn't see that, so I didn't put it on my list, but I had okay. only ever heard I've heard, heard it. I think my dad used to watch it. I've heard I it's really, I really like Timothy Oliphant. He was in Deadwood, but okay. I never saw... I really want to watch Justified. I never uh, got into it. Oh, there's another one. It's, it's on Netflix. It was on Netflix for a little bit. Uh, it's like in Wyoming. Talk about Longmire. Longmire. I don't know. That was one of those shows I think was on AMC and then got put on. Yeah. And Netflix picked it up. Yeah. But no, that's. I not enjoyed it. it. I thought it was really, really good. I never got into it. I liked I, it. I not liked not it like I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I didn't really try. That's the only reason I didn't get into it. I really liked it a lot. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I haven't watched that many dramas. Is the problem. I'm trying to think. Well, let's get. Well, let's start with the number one. This premiered in 1999. Later, after The Sopranos. Uh, highly critically acclaimed show. Twin, no, Twin Peaks is way older. Well, the first one was older. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's a new. They one. referenced that in this. They, but they didn't. They okay. said that they, didn't, they weren't going to count it. Um, but I want to say this premiered on NBC in 1999. It's called The West Wing. Hmm. Did you ever hear that? Uh, um, that is it. A hospital? No, it, The West Wing is in like the White House. It's a political oh, drama. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, it's okay. political drama. Very oh, wait. House of Cards. That's not on there. What? Well, that's the thing. And that's why I think Westworld, or West Wing, the West Wing is. Because the West Wing was almost like pre-House of Cards, but it was a lot more down-to-earth, clever writing type drama. Unlike House of Cards, which I think the first season was great, but House of Cards got a little bit more... Okay. I only watched like a few episodes of the first season. Yeah, so it got more fun. I don't know how crazy it got. Yeah, it got I feel like you, can, like you can only stay in the realms of like possibilities for so long yeah. show like that before you're like... Going kind of off the world. Off I the couldn't. Walls. I couldn't get into West Wing. Just I don't know if she. It's not even. I don't know. I really can't. I. I don't know what it was. I couldn't even get through the first episode. And I know that's horrible because I know sometimes pilot episodes you shouldn't judge an entire series off of. But yeah. like there's just so much other stuff I wanted to watch and I just couldn't get into it. Um, but like there are shows like House of Cards or later on in my list The Walking Dead, where just from the very first scene. You're into it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And in The Walking Dead, that happened where uh, Andrew Lincoln shoots a little girl right in the head. It's a zombie girl. He doesn't realize it's a zombie. He tries to get her attention, like, hey, what, you know, where are your parents, whatever. And then she turns around, and it's, it's a zombie, and starts running at him, and he has to shoot her right in the head. Yeah. Little girl, I'm a policeman. Little girl, don't be afraid, okay? Little girl. And then it, the first season of Walking Dead's amazing. It's so good, it's so good. Right after that, it cuts to the cre- it cuts to the opening credits. It's like yeah. that's how the entire series started. Or like you uh, know, Breaking Bad, you see him like standing in the middle of and a dirt road with a gun behind his back, wearing yeah. underwear, and a fire truck blows past him. Like, yeah, what is going on? Yeah, just stuff like that is that really like grips you. I, oh yeah, I didn't get that, and I'm not that's saying what, you even need that necessarily, but. West Wing didn't have that. I wasn't really interested in it, but I've only ever heard that it's incredibly clever. But I just didn't care enough to get it. I think 
What was Westworld's opening scene? Because remember, it like it glued me to the screen as soon as I saw it. Bring her back online. Can you hear me? Yes. I'm sorry, I'm not feeling quite myself. You can lose the accent. Do you know where you are? I'm in a dream. That's right, Dolores. You're in a dream. Would you like to wake up from this dream? Yes. I'm terrified. There's nothing to be afraid of, Dolores. As long as you answer my questions correctly. Understand? Yes. Good. First, have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? No. Yeah, we're, uh... Oh, I forget his name. Jeffrey Wright. His character's name. Oh, my God. Why don't I remember... Why yeah. don't I remember his real name? He's interviewing one of, like, one of the other main characters for yeah. like, the blonde hair. I can't remember her name. Yeah, it's about, Dolores. You know, her Dolores. name's Dolores. Yeah. If she thinks, you know, reality is real. Yeah. Have and you then it cuts to her waking up. You're like, what? Yes. What? That, yeah. That, that was such a great, like... Great yeah, that really sucked you in. Yeah. Um, after West Wing... In 2002, The Shield. Really? Um, yes. That was on FX. That was an I FX always forget show. about the cop crime show. Yeah. The, and the reason they listed this is because, in their words, it defined the modern anti-hero cop. Okay. Um, and the main character, I don't remember the actor's name, but he was also uh, The Thing in Fantastic Four. Yeah. He... Uh, just based on the commercials I saw for it, it looked like a pretty engaging show. And I've always had, like, mixed feelings about FX shows because it, it always seemed like it was somewhere between a, like, a Fox or a CBS and, like, an HBO. Like, and it almost seemed like it was trying to compete with an AMC, something that was, like, available on cable and not a premium network, but was creating, like, higher-end premium shows, but not quite on the same level as mm -hmm. AMC. Because AMC, you know, they have Mad Mad and Breaking Bad, The Walking Dead, yeah. Halt and Catch Fire, you know, all these highly rated and critically acclaimed shows. And then just, like, FX is just, like, trying to get up to that. And and granted, I haven't seen all their shows. You know, Atlanta, I would have put that oh, on my list. Oh, I've heard list. Atlanta's Yeah, mean. I've only ever heard good things about it. But I haven't, but I haven't put this on, on this list because I didn't watch enough. But, like, you know, that's a great show. I have Sons of Anarchy on this show. So it's not like they don't make good shows. I the but the shield it also ended in two thousand eight and you know I was a kid at that point I wasn't watching it and no. I'm not gonna go back. To, yeah, a lot to of these shows it. I was like I was definitely not old enough. Yeah, like, I was six when Sopranos started. So yeah, yeah, no, not exactly my time. Walking Dead though, absolutely. Oh, I gosh. wish I'd started watching Breaking Bad when it originally aired. Yeah, same. I uh, I caught I, up in time for the final season. But that was it. Okay, yeah. I no, I think I watched all of it on Netflix. Yeah. I mean, it's still worth watching. It was still, oh, absolutely. Certainly. And another show that's worth watching, even though it's been off the air for a while, premiering in 2002, was HBO's The Wire. Okay, um, I've heard of that one. That is, it's, again, considered one of the highest rated TV shows of all time. Um, and it, it was almost like a, uh, it was almost like a runner up to, you know, the Sopranos really caught the attention of the world, and then, like, The Wire was, like, the next HBO show that really caught the attention of the world. And the way that it portrayed, like, life in the projects in Baltimore was, like, 
very raw and it was also a lot of it was one of the first uh tv shows that was predominantly black characters and predominantly black writers um now i think that changed in like season two but for the most part it was all like the the lives of of lower uh income black families and their lives in the projects and it was it was quite an incredible show um and i i did not put that on my list because i have not seen all of it um not yet but it, from what I've seen of it, from what I know about it, it is pretty phenomenal. And Michael K. Williams is one of the stars of that. He went on to also be in Boardwalk Empire, which I have mm, on my really, list. Yeah, that one's really good. But uh, he's a really great actor. Um, second, uh, starring in 2004 till 2009, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Really? Yes. And it was, uh, in their words, because it reduced humanity to its essentials. They lost some of their grip in the final seasons, but their original creation took TV science fiction to places that had never gone before. Is The Expanse on that list? No. Really? What is The Expanse? It's So it, it started as a sci-fi, and it's been picked up by Amazon. But it's like it claimed as one of the best sci-fi's mm. like ever made of so, uh, TV I, series. I, I heard I it's see awesome. that on Amazon. I didn't. I saw that it was on Amazon. I've heard it's very, very good. I've been needing to watch it. But I, I, I don't have anything to say about this. I, I've never watched it. So Battlestar Galactica. Next, um, starting in two thousand four to two thousand six, Deadwood. Yep. Anna Gunn, uh, who was also in Breaking Bad. They in the words of the critics because it knew the border between civilization and savagery was porous. And patrolled by opportunists, which I think is a very eloquent way to put that. So we, we talked about Ian McShane a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about American Gods. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. John yeah. Wick. Um, uh, moving on. This is a show I wanted to watch but couldn't, never got into it. Maybe if I watched it now, I'd be a lot more interested in it. Uh, premiering in 2004 on CBS, Lost. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because at its best, it was the most fun you could have watching TV. It was just p- like pure popcorn fest. I never I never watched it, but I just remember just everyone was... It was the Game of Thrones back in the day. Yeah. Where everyone, everyone just watched, watched it. Lost. Everyone talked about it. And it just got crazier and crazier and crazier. And yeah. I know the ending now, so I'm like, oh, I don't... Yeah, I don't want to go put myself. In I don't know it. I don't want to know it. But you know, I'm. I was interested in it. I'm still interested in it just because of some of the stuff I've heard about it. But I'll probably never watch it. Have you seen the uh, the TV show? I think it's still going on. It started up like a year or two ago. Uh, I think it started like two years ago. It's like a, a spoof off of it. It's called Wrecked. No. Or yeah. So they 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 crash on. You know, they crash on an island. And it's just pure comedic, just nonsense from then out. Like at one point, uh, like they, they find a GPS satellite phone. And like they're walking all over the island trying to get a signal. The guy finally gets a signal. He says, "Quick, someone give me a phone number." Of course, modern day, no one actually remembers anyone's phone number. So right. what the one white girl goes, "Oh, I know my drug dealer's phone number." And oh, so they God. try to call the drug dealer to get him to call someone to call. Someone. It's 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 pretty hilarious. Jesus. It's really and, I, and then another point, they find a DVD player. And it has enough. They have, it says they have enough battery for one movie, and they find uh, Dumb and Dumber Two and Selma, and they're and everyone. What do they watch? Well, they, they come around like they're like, like oh man, Dumb and Dumber. Like, but I've heard Selma's like critically acclaimed, and everyone talks about it. And they go and like 
Obviously, everyone wants to watch Dumb and Dumber, but they feel like the the righteous choice is to watch Salma. Right. So they find the one black lady that that, that crashed with them. And they're like, hey, should we watch Dumber Dumber 2 or Salma? And you can even tell like she wants to watch Dumb and Dumber 2, but she's like, right. I've heard Salma's critically acclaimed masterpiece. Oh, God. But they end up watching Dumb and Dumber 2. Do they? Yeah, they do. I, that's it's, what I thought it's, that it's was really, going. It's really funny. Very, very tongue-in-cheek. I thought it was really, really... The, know, the, the first two, three episodes that I saw, I thought were hilarious. I don't mean to sound self-righteous, but if I had to choose between those two, I would pick Selma. I'd do Dumb and Dumber 2. Because so, Selma's actually good. Dumb and Dumber 2, I, didn't, I thought it was just... It wasn't well, it mean, wasn't funny enough, and it was too, it wasn't too dumb to be funny. I, would, I just didn't like I it. I probably would have picked the Dumb and Dumber 2 just because I'm, you know, I'm wrecked on an island. I don't think need things to be more I mean, yeah. serious and glum. I get that. It needs something to be happy about. All right, these next few I don't really know much about. Uh, 2004 to 2007, Veronica Mars. No idea. I don't even know about that. Um, The next one I think is... I'm kind of upset that it's on this list because I think it's such a joke. Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) I know. What? And they said... I almost said said that as a joke. (laughs) Because we all need our person, is what they said. Grey's Anatomy... I almost said Grey's Anatomy is going to be on the list as like a joke. Yeah, unfortunately it is. Grey's Anatomy elevates female friendship above all bonds and sees professional excellence as a baseline qualification. It understands grief. I would say that our many, many other shows that explore grief... Better than Grey's Anatomy, but that's speaking just of me. hospitals, is Nurse Jackie? No, what? But it's on my list. Oh, that looks so good. You bet it's on my you list. Just, you introduced me, then I like binged the whole thing. That's oh my so goodness. good. It was amazing. Uh, next one, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've, I've I heard it. Yeah. I've heard it's amazing. I've never watched. it. I don't really care for like sports shows or movies, so I didn't watch it. But you know, in uh, the words of the critics, because it had clear eyes and a full heart. That, okay. that makes sense. Yeah. I've heard that. Sounds, sounds like a sports yeah. TV show. Uh, after that, obviously, what we're going off of, 2007's Mad Men. Yeah. Obviously needed to be on this list. You um, watch that. And in their words, because the sleekest surfaces can mask the deepest wounds. Very, very, very true. Very great show. And of course, after that... AMC's Breaking Bad. Such a great show. Because oh on some gosh. level, we all want to be the one who knocks. Heisenberg is just... You have to hate and love him at the same time. Yeah. It's such a well yes. and And something they pointed out, uh, the show was constructed in such a way that your sympathies lie with Walt. And that is... That was true with Mad Men. That's true with The Sopranos. It's pretty much what the... the the uh, cornerstone of any fantastic anti-hero story is it doesn't really matter what horrible things these people do. Oh, you're Walt always, was a terrible human being. You're always on their side anyway. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't understand it. I always rooted for Walt, even though yes. he was the meth kingpin yeah. of almost the United States, basically. And that and that's why these shows have impacted me so much in the, view, in the way that I view morality and also in the way that I interact with other people. Because when you hear on the surface level, he was a meth king that killed people. You're like, oh, he's such a horrible person. He's a scumbag. But you look at what he was doing. You look at how he was doing it, why he was doing it. And then you kind of learn to empathize with that kind of drive that, you know, in their ways, we all kind of want to be the one who knocks. We feel that. We feel that connection. And suddenly we're not so quick to condemn him. 
And I that's impacted the way I interact and to be fair, with he, everybody. he definitely should have gone to prison for a very, very sure. long time. Yes. But, but uh, you can empathize you with can, you can empathize with the situation. Uh, and 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 the, and just the way that you can learn empathy from shows like this, I think, is incredibly important. Just to our own personal human development. Um, another guess, Dexter. No, um, I, that was going to go on my list, but that premiered before Mad Men, so it didn't wind up on my my list. But okay. it wasn't on this one, huh? Yeah. That one was kind of very different. Yes, Dexter. That was one of the another one of those really super. Involved anti-hero stories. Yeah, the yeah. most anti-hero you could probably get. Yeah, he's, he's a serial killer who serial kills for good. Yeah, question mark. Vigilante yeah. serial killer. To about the I next one. It. This one's on my list too, and I I can say so much about this. Uh, premiering uh, on CBS in two thousand nine, The Good Wife. I've heard. A, I've always oh remember my. seeing commercials about it's The Good Wife. So good. It's it's probably the only thing that ever aired on CBS besides like the Twilight Zone that I would tell you that you need to watch because it, it is so good. But in their words, they say, because it turned a victim cliche into a treatise on power, which is very true. And in the words of M- Michelle and Robert King, the show's creators, and they wrote pretty much every episode, uh, the battle was more in words, and that feels more like the violence we see these days. And uh, you can watch all those episodes on Hulu. Um it's not on Netflix. They're on Hulu, but you know you can also buy. I have the I have the DVDs. Everyone <laughs> everyone should buy them. Uh, this next one, um, I never watched it. It's but it is a it's a you know it's a kids show. Maybe I actually don't know. Adventure Time. I've heard actually amazing things about Adventure yeah. Time, where it's very adultish. Like when you peel back the layers, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've always kind of wanted to watch it. I don't know anything about it. I can't say one way or the other if it should be on this list. And, and now, I definitely won't be someone who jumps to the. It's a cartoon, so it shouldn't be on this list. I don't think that should rule it out. I have like I've had friends that have watched it, and they it's one of those rare cartoons where like kids can watch it, but if adults watch it, they'll get a lot out of it. Yeah. Well, I have something like that on my list. Uh, Is it Gravity Falls? No. What is that? It's actually, it's another kind of similar one. Or, okay. Well, it's not that. It's like, it's a children's show, but there's, like, you can watch an adult and still get a lot of enjoyment and stuff out of it. There's a lot of, like, hidden undertones. Is, just, is the one that's in the list Rick and Morty, the cartoon? No. Oh, okay. Do let me some Rick and Morty, though. I, I never watched Rick and Morty. I've always said, I've, I've heard such mixed things about it. Ignore the fans of Rick and Morty, and Rick and Morty is enjoyable. But the very fact that I hear that all the time makes me still question whether or not I want to watch it's it. It's a very enjoyable show. Uh, just be careful. Okay. Now we're right. fans. Moving on. Uh, 2011 to 2013. I think this was an HBO show, uh, Enlightened. Um, the, so the way they put it, they said because it knew that being good is hard work. You say that and it makes me want to watch it. Mm. But I, you know, it was only a couple seasons, so it wasn't. Really good, but the first um, the first paragraph of their review, they say, many of the post Sopranos dramas listed here attempted to understand evil, like The Shield, or people sliding toward evil, like Breaking Bad, or the moral conflicts of people engaged in evil deeds, the Americans. This entire era of drama, in a way, was a response to an earlier t- era of TV in which moral issues were simple, clear, and settled in an hour with commercials. Enlightened in its 18 and a half hours, stood apart by engaging with what it means to be good and the difficulty of getting there. See, that sounds incredibly 
That sounds interesting. interesting. Yeah. Because that's what I love. And that's what I love so much about uh, the way The Sopranos affected TV is that, you know, one of the most, pretty much like any uh, network TV show, like NCIS, NCIS, or all the NCIS spinoffs, all the Law and Orders, they all pretty much, yeah. every single episode is a story. It happens. Every now and then there might be a reference in the future to it. If, the, if it's a special two-hour two episode thing or uh, or like a two-episode a two special or something, it was always like really advertised as being a big deal. But most of the time, every single episode was a self-contained yeah. story, you know? And so many of the best shows, and you see more of this now, but, you know, it wasn't as common uh, in previous generations of TV, you see uh, that a story can last not even just one entire season but sometimes an entire series you know like Breaking Bad was constantly showing like flashbacks forward and backwards it was going all over the place Mad Men it it was this whole development throughout the entire series Game of Thrones I mean every Game of Thrones is Game of Thrones is based on a book series yes it is that one's so what it's still fantastic. It's still it's fantastic, but to say oh it's spinning all those time, well it's based on a book series. Well, yeah, but still they could. I mean, it's like what they did with like the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. They could turn it into like a very self short self contained thing. I'm sorry, they the Hobbit was to. not a short self contained thing. They put it into three movies. Well, and they were just awful. I liked them. I hated the Hobbit whatever. movies. They were so bad. It's whatever. Shut oh up. Oh my gosh, I hate them. Anyway. Uh, this was an FX show. Didn't watch it, but I would I would have wanted to. Um, the Americans. I've heard, yeah, I've heard good things yeah, about it. Only good things, but that just that just they ended last year. Um, Rectify because it understood patience. They say, but I don't know anything about it. Never heard of 2013 it. 2013 to 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, the Leftovers. This was HBO uh, because it pondered the big questions without feeling ponderous. Of all the uh, previews I saw of it. I really wanted to watch it. It was a short, like a three seasons, um, but it was, it was it looked really good, and I certainly want to watch it someday. Next, Transparent, two thousand fourteen. Um, to it's still going on, uh, and like I said, it's they said uh, because it redefined what a TV family could be. So I'm very interested in that. The next one is Jane the Virgin. That was oh, on. Really? That was on CW. I watch. The very first episode of that one. It was interesting. Did you like it? I remember when it came out, but I never watched it. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't like my flavor of show. Yeah. Like it was definitely it was definitely very well done. That the premise was interesting. It just it wasn't like a show for me. Yeah. It didn't really catch my interest. But I knew people, I knew other people that really enjoyed it. So they they put it because it's loving send up of telenovelas paired shocking plot twists with political bite. Hmm. I it's still I guess it, it's still going on. It's definitely more lighthearted for sure. Was it? That, the tone tonal wise, yeah, it was pretty like yeah. almost like look at this crazy situation that's going on. Yeah. Uh, next from 2016, uh, we talked about this a little bit ago on FX Atlanta. I that's been on my watch list for a long time. I haven't watched it yet, but I want to. Okay, so actually these last five are omissions. They're essentially uh, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. The toughest omissions. Halt and Catch Fire from AMC. Um, never watched it. Looked good. But one, James uh, Pony Wozik, he's one of the uh, TV critics. He said if he could, he'd swap it out for West Wing. Mm-hmm. Um, next one, Queen Sugar. 
Um, don't even know what that no is. No idea. Never heard of that. But uh, Aisha Harris, she would swap it out for Mad Men. Justified from FX. Oh, look at that. Mike Hale said he would swap it out for Rectify or The Leftovers. I'd say Rectify. Swap it out for Rectify. Southland. Um, I think that was a... Uh, is that FX? No idea. It sounds familiar, though. They said Southland is the only worthy heir to, sh- to the shield, but it was so much more light in it, so much more texture. It's extraordinary, and even though I think the shield has probably a better show, Southland is my favorite cop show of the modern era. Margaret Leones would swap it out for Atlanta. Hmm. And the final one, actually, so I guess I was wrong, is Game of Thrones. Um, and Jeremy Eckner would swap that out for West Wing. Which makes sense. Okay. So, moving on to my list of 12. This is to celebrate 12 years since Mad Men, even though Mad Men, the anniversary, is not till July. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, this needs to have started after the initial air date in July 2007 of Mad Men. Okay. I will say I omitted Breaking Bad because I thought that did start in 2007. But reading through that list, it was in 2008. Okay. But... Man, Breaking Bad would probably be on this list, but... It should be on that we'll list. We'll just set it to the side. Uh, honorable mention. Breaking yes, Bad. that is an honorable that, mention. That is a word that is a sentence that's never been yeah. spoken before. But like I said, it is allowed to have started and finished by the time... Mad Men ended in 2015. So this was allowed to have started and finished before Mad Men ended, but it just had to start after Mad Men's initial air date. Okay. All right. Uh, and this is in no particular order. This is not order. This is not in my rank of my favorite to least favorite, or even in chronological order. This was just whatever I thought of first. Okay. Okay. So number one, Ray Donovan. Showtime. Yeah. Yes. You told me about Air that date: July thirtieth, two thousand thirteen. Ray Donovan. I I have said at times that it is the best antihero show since The Sopranos. Uh, I don't think I'm the only one who has said that. I'm probably in a small group of people who have said that. But I think what what makes Ray Donovan really great, especially in this past season, which I would say is the best season, um, he you he he's like Tony Soprano and maybe say uh, Don Draper in Mad Men that his character development is very nuanced. It's not. I mean, even in Game of Thrones, you can see with some of the individuals, like most, first one that comes to mind, Jamie Lannister, you look at him, season one, season seven, incredibly different people. But you look at Don Draper, season one versus season seven, there's some differences, but not much. Um, same with Ray Donovan, season one versus season five. Not so much season six, there's a lot different in season six, but season five, the, the development is very nuanced. Uh, Tony Soprano, same way. Beginning and end, he's, there's still a lot of moral issues he's struggling with. Uh, Ray Donovan continues to wrestle with those in essentially in modern day Los Angeles, and they also really play on some of the like superficial ideologies in that are like stereotypically involved with Hollywood and L.A. Because he's a Hollywood quote unquote fixer, um, so. It, it, it has that in the backdrop while exploring his own moral development. Um, and it's fantastic show. I think uh, it's one of those ones I would put up there with The Sopranos. Like, everyone mm. should watch it because it's so good. Um, second one, we mentioned this earlier, Nurse Jackie. Great show. Great show. Yes, so good. Uh, my favorite thing. This won't really spoil it. It does not end on a happy note. Not at all. Very vague. 
Yes, but the, and and that is the point. So whenever they were finishing the series, there. This is a spoiler, but it's not really all that big deal. Um, well, actually, no, it's not a spoiler because it didn't happen. Uh, but what one of the things that did happen at the end, like the hospital was being sold, um, and there was this idea that there was going to be a fire at the hospital. It was going to look like Jackie Payton had died, played by Edie Falco, who was in The Sopranos. Uh, it was going to make it look like she had died in the fire, but really she had escaped out of an alley and then she just like ran away and started a new life. But that was purely like circumstantial. You know, the show creator said this doesn't end on the characters. It doesn't end on Jackie, who drove the entire show all the way from the beginning to end. So it, we shouldn't do that. What we're going to do is end with what the entire show was about, and that was her addiction. She is a nurse that struggles with an opiate addiction. And uh, at the end, it's incredibly sad. And it's almost like painful to watch. But at the same time, it was the a raw portrayal of the life of an addict. You know? It was really, really good. And the life of an addict doesn't necessarily have a happy ending. You know, it, It's a continuous battle. And that's why they ended it the way that they did. So... Uh, I mean, if you're going to watch, you should watch the entire thing. If you're going to, like, skip a couple seasons in the middle, it won't kill you. But, like, it's worth watching the entire thing. Especially since it was on Showtime, but it was only a half-hour show. So you can get through it. If you if you watch several episodes a day, you can get through it pretty quickly. Because it's not a full-hour drama. It's only a half-hour. So it's definitely worth watching. Number three, Game of Thrones. Um, I, it actually took me the longest time to get into it. But what eventually got me there was just... I mean, you get past, like, some some of the stuff almost looked like it was trying to just bring in the masses of people, like the nudity and the sex. And it does play a role. I would say it wasn't necessarily as mindless as I thought it would be. Um, but overall, it's just an incredibly well-made show. The budget and the production value for the show is just incredible. I mean, it rivals big-budget films like, you know, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. You know, you love The Hobbit so much. Uh, <laughs> but, like, there are, like, some battles in that that, like, rival Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know? And it's just a TV show. So it's it's incredible. Not only that, I mean, those types of battles happen like, usually at least, like, once a season, you know? It's an incredible, incredibly well-made show. Number four, Veep. Uh, it's one of the best comedies on TV. It's... Uh, and also, one of the things that makes it unique, it's a female-led comedy. Julia Louise-Dreyfus is hilarious. Um, and actually, the uh, premiere date was just like the final season. The season finale, the, or the final season, that's what I'm meaning to say. The final season just started last night. So, I'm really looking forward to finishing that up. It's kind of sad it's ending, but it's probably... It makes sense where it is at the story that it's ending. Number five, this was on the other uh, This was on the other list, The Good Wife. As I said, one of the only CBS shows I would ever say you should watch. Uh, but it, it, what I always really loved about The Good Wife, yes, it did, it did kind of expand on like the typical um, like cliche female victim. And it really turned it into a, uh, as they said, like a treatise on independence. But what I really liked was that every single episode involved something modern. You know, there was an episode where they argued that Bitcoin is a legitimate currency. There was an episode where they argued about the police brutality happening in Ferguson. Uh, There was an episode where they talked about the political scandal that was, 
essentially a a mirror of like the Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Monica Lewinsky type scandal. You know, and almost the entire series is set on that backdrop, given that a prominent politician was caught with a prostitute and his her wife his wife is kind of just left to pick up the pieces. So it, it was kind of playing a lot on the Clintons. Um, oh, but, oh, you know, like I said, very, very well-made show. And one of the reasons I don't like network shows as much is because, you know, they have to do 24 episodes. With some of these other shows, they only do 10 or 12 episodes, and they actually make them great. They make them, they make it worth it, rather than, like, whenever you have to make 24 episodes, sometimes it's, like, scraping the bottom of the barrel because you're just That's trying to... Killer. Yeah, you're just trying to make an episode. The Good Wife almost never looks like it's doing that, which was very impressive. Uh, after that, The Walking Dead, um, you know, we talked about the opening scene there, but from the beginning, I mean, that just great pulls you in. First three, four seasons are fantastic. Yeah, and, and I hear that a lot. People just say, oh, it gets repetitive. I'm like, I can see that, but the thing is... It gets, it's not that it just gets repetitive, it just kind of gets more and more outlandish. Because, mm. like, when it starts out, it's... How much have you watched of The Walking Dead? This past season, I still need to go through. Oh, okay, so I haven't even watched that much. I just felt like it got almost, like, too crazy. I mean, I and I see that. I understand that. Um, but I still think, I mean, and this was back in, like, season four, season five. I think those were actually some of the best seasons. Because one, two, and three were, like, one, two, and three were really good at, like, building the, the world that they are in. Building the uh, a group of people that you've learned to care about and you want to see what happens. But, like, season four and five, they really, really push the boundaries of, essentially, of sanity. And they kind of explore, like, how far is too far for someone? Is anyone ever too far gone where they shouldn't be fought for or cared for by their community? And that was very impactful for me, junior and senior year of college. I remember, oh geez, I remember a junior year. This was part of like, you ever have like those moments where like some kind of like personal inner discovery or some philosophical worldview suddenly comes to light in your mind and you're like put out of commission for like a day because you have to just absorb it? Has that ever happened to you? Probably has. Well, that that's that happened to me junior year. One of the reasons is because of some of the recent recent at that time uh walking dead episodes and um you may remember i think because this was in season three they were at the prison and herschel spoiler alert herschel was killed i do remember that yes uh but right up to that you know herschel kept herschel was like the the voice of goodness essentially the voice of reason and he he always said like you're never too far gone you know and that and then seeing Rick's development after his wife died, after Herschel's killed, they get tossed out of the prison, they come back from all that, all these like the way that they all work together and come back from that, that kind of that community and that connectedness, like really, really showed me why my community is important to me. And then to top it all off, my god, the theme song was The Phantoms, uh, We Carry On and you know, just th- those lyrics. This fire won't go out, just a flicker it may be. Shifting through the shadows to a vision we can't see. Holding fast to one another, we stand stranger to brother. We are one, we carry on. You know, that even just the the song that they picked, along with the season's trailer, just about that community and standing stranger to brother, you know. We, the living versus the dead, that's the battle that matters, not the squabbles 
between different factions. And now those factions, like you said, got more extreme in later seasons. And I understand that. Not the best. Um, but I still think there's a lot of good going on. The next one, number seven, Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, that was really good. The first couple seasons, fantastic. I think the best season was the final season because they really brought back... Uh, it really came full circle with certain people dying at the hands of other people who you probably wouldn't have thought of. But it really came full circle. you got to watch the whole series, I think, to appreciate it. Or at least up to season one. You, honestly, you could do one, two, three, and then skip to season five, and, <laughs> and you'd be fine. <laughs> season four is like good, but it's pretty inconsequential to the series at large. Uh, either way, worth watching. Um, next one, Sons of, Sons of Anarchy. FX, September 3rd, 2008 was its premiere date. Um, honestly, I just, I really enjoyed this show. Again, by the end of it, it seemed like it was just a little repetitive, um, but I still, it was still a really good TV show. It, it really explored uh, the boundaries of groupthink and community, and then, of course, one's own personal principles, weighing that against responsibilities to your group and your community, responsibilities to your family, and yada, yada. Did you watch Sons of Anarchy? No, I haven't. I, like I've seen like commercials and like stuff all about it. That's on Netflix, so that's a, that's an easy one to watch. Okay. Um, next, Man in the High Castle. I, I was wondering if that was going to show. Oh up. Oh my god, the first season, so it. good. Season two is okay. Season three gets better. Okay. Season one had me awestruck. That premiered in January 2015. So good. We talked about this Westworld. Yes. October second, 2016. Season two, uh, season three is coming out this year. I think I'm super excited. I need to get catch up on season. I think season two. I need. To I just there are a few shows better than Westworld. It's so the good. first season just had me like instantly. Oh, it's so good. There's so much death and darkness in the second one. Okay. I mean, even more than the first one. I'm gonna have to go get a uh, subscription and watch season two. Yes, it's worth it. Um, and then. Number 11, Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. I've heard that's really, really it, good. Yes, the first season. I have Hulu now, so I might have to watch that. I have not watched season three, so I guess maybe by some standard I shouldn't have put this on there. Okay. But I've, I feel like I've watched enough. Season three hasn't been out too long. I feel like I've watched enough that where I can say it belongs on this, this list, because it's really good. And finally, and I'll defend this, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> and I'll, say, I'll tell you what. I'll say, and I'll I've say heard this. it's really good. Bob's Burgers is funny, and it's funny in a way where kids and adults can enjoy it. It's not, and as much as I love Family Guy, Bob's Burgers makes it a point to not be crude. Yeah, Family you Guy know? is like 90% crude, yeah. 10% uh, clever. clever yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, again, I love Family Guy, but I think Bob's Burgers is funny, and it is very, it's, it's all about family. You know, and I think that's a really great message in in this day and age, both societally, but then also within pop culture. You know, they make it a point never to get political, never to get involved in certain social issues. It's all just about everyone as a family coming together and just laugh about it. You know, and that's what the show creators have said. So it's it's definitely worth it. But those are my twelve. You know, certainly. Drop us a line if you have I'm, certain opinions. I just want to throw some of mine in there that like, I think are great. Yes, uh, do it. Ozarks. 
on Netflix. My brother was just talking about how such a great show that I is. I need to watch season two, but so it's season one is uh, I think his name's J- Jason, Jason Bateman. Bateman. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost sort of like Breaking Bad kind of in a way. But I, that's what my brother said. But he like it. It, it states like from the get go, like he's in it for the money. Yeah. He's basically he runs the books for the cartel up in right. Chicago. Right. Gets in some hot water. And make some outlandish claims about money in the Ozarks. And hmm. the, the cartel guys basically are like, all right, show me the money. And he takes his whole family, moves to Ozark, and... We're talking about, like, the Ozarks in, like, Missouri? Yeah. Really? Oh. Yeah. Okay. And it's just, like, things start happening. Like, it's, it, it is reminiscent a little bit of Breaking Bad, but yeah. different enough. Right. But also along the same line, like... I love it. Like, after first episode, I'm like, uh, Maybe I I'm should in. watch it. Okay. It's really, really good. Um... Maniac on Netflix with Emma Stone and oh, you uh, just tell me about that. Oh, uh, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Uh, like those two perform those two performance by them, unbelievable. Really? Because so it's it's just a bizarre show where it's it's like a dystope almost. Like it's a future, like an eighties future. It's weird, like eighties uh-huh. culture, but like in the future. And Jonah Hill has, I think it's like schizophrenia and like like actual mental disorder. Yeah. And he goes into like a testing facility to like cure himself kind of way. Anyways, him and Emma Stone they get thrown like these weird like like worlds inside their heads, and they play completely different characters every single time. Yeah. And it's utterly convincing. It's so good. The soundtrack is just I listen to the soundtrack almost every day. Yeah. Because I think it's that good. Um. The story is compelling. Like I, f- I almost felt like crazy watching it at times, just because like, <laughs> Jonah Hill, his character, like he knows he's insane, but like he can't do anything about. It. He just has to like roll with it. Right. And he plays does such a good job. Yeah. Him and Emma Stone both are just so so good in it. I would highly recommend it. Like that's probably one of my favorite shows I've seen in the last like five right. years. Um, it's it's a bizarre one though. Like, I like bizarre. it's definitely a bizarre one. But I think it's um, it's a masterpiece in my eyes. What else? I'm sure you've had a couple others. I probably do. I, I do. I'm trying to think. Um, I, I want to say there's a couple I, I would put on there if if we can only count one season. Okay. I would do it. So well, one of them well, is... Well, Maniac's technically one season. Well, right. It's, it's a mini season. Well, I mean, like, so True Detective. I've heard that's really Season weird. three just came out. I just started it. I haven't watched a lot of it. But season one, phenomenal. Season two, horrible. And so, if we could count just season one, I'd say season one. Same with Happy um, on Sci-Fi. I've heard about that. You know, it is, it's so weird. I haven't watched the entire first season. Season two just came out. Um, or it's currently going out, I think. Never before in my entire life have I said, you need to watch this sci-fi show. The network sci-fi. See, they're, they're so, besides the experience, there's another one uh, sci-fi puts on, because I just remembered this. It is called... Um, Channel Zero. And each season, I've it's, heard, it's, it's similar it. to American Horror Story, each season is its own story. Yeah. Really, really good. Like, the first the first season just had me, like, my mind was like, what is going Because weird things were happening in this town. And, like, you knew something crazy was yeah. going on, but, like, you had no idea why. And then, like, it kind of throws you at the end. You're like, oh, my God. Sci-fi just um, seems like another one of those networks that just is, like, the CW. Just something well, that's just, like, well, they it's have, a like, throwaway the network. Which is I never watched fantastic. That. Um, they had another one. Like it was a George R. R. Martin book. I think it was called Skywalkers. 
Mm. It was like a horror sci-fi. I started watching like the first episode. I thought it was gonna need to. I think I. I don't think I. I think I remember hearing yeah. something about another and then, George yeah. R. R. Martin show. So, and all every season so far, they're based on like short stories that people have like put online. Yeah. Called creepy pastas. Pastas. Creepy pasta. I don't know why okay. it's called that. Uh, the second season is really really good. Where the premise is there is a a haunted house that just randomly shows up every once in a while, uh, and like people get like commercials and like hey this is where you're at this is where you go mm-hmm. and you go in and there's six rooms and each room each room is technically the scariest and anyone who's made it to the sixth room has never returned they make it to the sixth room and it's like it's pretty nuts yeah where it's just kind of like kind of twisted and like you finally kind of figure how things are going and you're just like jeez that's kind of yeah insane and then I need to watch there's four seasons out I need to I need to watch the next two they're, I think they're fantastic. What I what I love so much about Happy is that it's 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 pretty violent, it's hilarious, and the acting from Christopher Maloney and Patton or uh, yeah Patton Oswald he voices the little donkey. It, it's it, it's fantastic. The acting's hilarious and it's very very convincing. Almost like Christopher Maloney is actually imagining this donkey. Uh, so it's very great acting, um, but it, it is. It's just one of those funny shows that like it, it it explores the concept of of love and family, the ups and downs of mental illness, all kind of wrapped up together in just like this really dark humor. Okay. So, but you know, I have I haven't watched enough of to put them on this list, but it's. It's a good show. It's worth watching. So, and I'm going to plug one anime. Okay, okay. all right. That's fair. That's this fair. one. Because uh, it's, it, it's like my number one of all time. It's called, I've told you about it. It's called March Comes In Like a Lion. You yeah, have told me about it. And the whole the whole premise is is that uh, in Japan, I forget his, I always forget his name. I'm terrible with names of the shows. Because the main character is a shogi prodigy. Shogi, it's a... It's like a Japanese version of chess, where you have kings and kind of knights on right. different pieces. Uh, so it's like up there with a level of, of chess of like, you know, masters. And he was, in the show, he is the sixth ever middle schooler to become a professional shogi player. So like he makes money and goes to tournaments and wins as a middle schooler. Mm-hmm. And like as the show goes on, you kind of learn why he's so good and like what led him into shogi. And just like where he has this like love hate relationship where where it's he he kind of hates it but at the same time it's all he has and just like the the because he 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 was like adopted by another family and just how he has to deal with like with that with just kind of being a kind of strange guy in like high school uh it's it's almost made me cry at points yeah, it's really, really good. It has a it has a great depiction of just just depression and just like the depth. Like even like the side characters that you'll meet for like half an episode have more depth than a lot of the main characters of a lot of modern day TV shows. I can believe that. I'll show you. I'll show you one of the clips where you're just like where he's facing like an old. He's facing a much older gentleman, and it kind of goes through like half an episode like this older gentleman's past and how he feels like all his friends who used to play shogi together like. They're, they're getting older, they're, like, wearing down, things aren't going as great anymore. And he feels like all his friends are, like, kind of back there, like, cheering him on, like, like you're the last one, man. Like, gotta right. keep going for us. And, like, there's this amazing depiction of him just, like, 
carrying on for his friends to keep yeah. like the legacy going. So good. And how long was he in the show? An episode. Just for that episode? Yeah. That's crazy. Like, because I can just like picture that, and I feel that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, pull, <laughs> I'm gonna pull it up, and it, it's, it's, yeah, it is, it is one of my absolute just favorite shows in general. Uh, I think just like the character. How old is it? When did it start? 2016 is when it started. Okay. Well, all right. Just gonna be how to get one one anime plug in because there are some like much like you know Bob's Burgers. Uh, there are some animes that really do capture yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some great, great stories yeah, and character yeah, development. Yeah. I think you'd like some of them if you just <laughs> gave it a shot. I'm pretty sure. I think you'd like March Comes In Like a Lion. Well, we'll see. Maybe one day. All right. We'll go best and worst of the week after something you want to talk about. I So, kind of like a shorter topic that we can talk about a little bit. Uh, have you seen uh, how... What's her name? She, she plays Captain Marvel. Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Uh, her movie that's coming out. That's not Captain Marvel. That's not Captain Marvel. It's, called, like, it's produced, written, and directed by her, I think. It's called The Unicorn Store. You know, I heard about her directing a movie. I did not hear anything about the movie specifically. Yes. Is it out? or when It's coming to Netflix. So it, it like appeared at like a, a film festival, I believe. Okay. And now it's coming to Netflix. That's right. And then didn't, didn't Netflix just like the other day yeah. like tweet defending her about yeah. people were like mocking her? So I'd like the trailer. I'll, we'll watch the trailer real quick. Okay. You know, I don't. I think that looks decent. I think it just looks a bit too heavy handed. What do you mean? Like, like, so like the very beginning, it's basically her just coloring outside the lines and being right. crazy. And just yeah. Like, no. It's like, all right. That might. Mm, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I can see that. And then uh, her whole like. Uh, like, oh, I don't always want to be a temp. Like, no one... Like, is that anyone's dream job? No. Right. So it's... You know, it, it looks like it's going to come across this idea. Like, oh, if you want, like, if you really want this thing, you know, dream and go crazy. You know, people are going to call you crazy. Right. And you just have to push past them. That's not always the case, though. Like, some... Like, sure. You know, for, for like, all, you know, the Bill Gates, you know, the drop, the college dropouts, they make millions. There's 10, 100 times people dropouts... Who are you know just living on the street? Who still who yeah. kill for just a job, like a, a decent job? Sure. And I, I don't know. It just feels like way too heavy handed. Like, I mean, you I can, can be whatever you want to be. When I, it's not. It's I not see subtle. that. But on the other, I can see that. But on the other hand, that the very fact that that's not always the case doesn't that kind of make movies like that even more powerful? Because it's kind of about that fictional fantasy that maybe what we want to be true. We want to be able to chase these dreams. And maybe with types of movies like this where they kind of push that angle, more and more people would be invested in trying to make the pursuit of their dream worth it. Now, of course, maybe it's also, you know, it's entirely a fantasy. And, you know, but... Yeah. I still, you know, I, 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 I'm curious. Uh, it's also, I don't know, like the... I see your point, though. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is. Like the typical, like, oh, I, like, I don't know what to do with my life. Yeah. Like, people, I just want to, you know, do my thing and no one understands me. Right. I just, I don't want to be a temp forever. Almost like, like that, that angst. That, yeah. That immature angst. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't know what to do with yeah. my life. And you're like, I mean... I can see that. It just seems a bit... Like, I'm not saying, like, it could be a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not... When does it come out? Because I, I haven't Soon-ish. heard... I haven't heard much about it. I just... Uh, the only reason... I just saw a headline and a, a screenshot of 
of Netflix defending yeah. Brie Larson's or career. Like it, it, it feels like she's like she's like, oh, I'm like this special person. Like I'm the only one who like, doesn't want to be a temp. They're just supposed to follow their dreams. It's like yeah, a lot of people do, but unfortunately, like it's not always that circumstance simple. Circumstances is always on your side. Circumstances always on your side. It's not always that simple. Yeah, like that'd be awesome if that was the case. Like oh, like just go trace your dreams. Like of course, yeah. it's, you know, it'll be fine. Which I'm not saying like don't, but do it wisely. I guess if that makes sense. Like there. There is some bit of a reckless abandonment when it comes to like following your dreams sometimes, but it a lot of the times the people that are usually like the most successful do it in like a very wise kind of way, not no. just a balls to the wall go crazy kind yeah. of way. So it's that's almost that's kind of like where I'm at just in my personal life right now. Uh, and and you you see people it almost for whatever reason almost divides itself along political lines. I don't know why, but I've noticed this where like more conservative people will be like, you need to do this practical thing, you need to do this trade school or get this degree to do this job. And the more liberal minded people would say, you know, kind of more of like the follow your dream type stuff. Um, and I like, you know, I hate that it almost always divides along that political line because, like, I I understand on the practical side, there is there is this, you know, you need to have some type of baseline, some type of career to provide for yourself to have a life, yada yada. But on the other hand, the idea of choosing a trade or a profession that you're giving a third of your life to just to quote unquote survive seems pretty heartless and meaningless. I think there's it's a happy medium between the two. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that, Have you ever seen Secret Life of Walter Mitty? Yes, I love that movie, actually. And that's one of my favorite movies really, ever. Really movie. so, so one critic at the time, I couldn't tell you where I saw it, I just remember this. Um, one critic saw said it was this generation's Forrest Gump. I, I don't know about that, but I really enjoyed the the kind of run away and do it. You know, yeah. And now that kind of like sort of matches up with what we're talking about. There is a bit of that fantasy to it. You know, he was living inside of his own head, creating fantasies and uh, an otherwise pretty mundane life uh, that he was just doing because he had to. He had to take care of himself. He had to take care of his mom and pay her bills. You know, so he was just doing it. Well, I think he also like, from what I could tell, he enjoyed his job. Yes, like, to, I, like to, he wasn't. Yeah, like, I think super, he did. Yeah. It, he was just, but I, I don't think he liked that anyone else, everyone else, pretty much didn't respect his job. Yeah, or that he, like he had, he. I think the part is like he had to develop all these photos, all these like things that people had done. Yeah, and he just had to watch them. Yeah. So and then he he finally just chased the opportunity to go out and do it himself. You know, um, more out of necessity because he he was like I have to find. Uh, yeah. But picture. then at the end, you find out it really yeah. wasn't necessity. He had it all along in that wallet. A, yeah. You know, fun little anecdote right there. You yeah. had it all along. You had it all along. Yeah. Uh, and then the very end. Okay, just side note. I think I think the worst decision that movie made at the very end. You looking at what was on the cover of the life, the final life magazine. Ben Stiller looks at it and smiles. I think it should have cut right there. Cut the black. Boom. Mm. But instead, it showed what was on the cover, and then he walks away smiling, holding hands with Kristen Wiig, as if that love story was the entire point of the movie. And then it, and then it ends. It fades out. I, said, I, I liked... I hated that, that it ended like that. I think it should have been, you never find out what's on the cover. I hate when movies do that. Though. I think it should have not, because life is what you make it, that sort of thing. I think that it should have ended on that. Jumping up and down. 
All right, well, from there, we will jump into our uh, best and worst of the week. Um, would you like to start, Dylan? Sure. So, uh, my best this week is, so I play a game called Rainbow Six Siege. And for, the, <laughs> for April Fools, oh, they did this insane thing where they turned one of the levels uh, basically into an LSD trip. <laughs> is like the best way I can describe it. What? Where, uh, so they took one of the levels, which is, it's called Plane. It's like the, basically, uh, it's not technically Air Force One, but it's basically Air Force One. Right. And, you know, you gotta go in and, like, on a terrorist, and they turned everything into just, like, neon pink and green oh and yellow with, like, unicorns and rainbows and flowers. All the operators, either, like, toy soldiers or just, <laughs> sort of, like, decked out, like, unicorn horns and, like, like mouse faces. I'll show you the, the trailer for it, and it's it's just. And I was playing a bunch of it today, and it's just um, sort of like the voice lines. Like you get in, and you're rescuing a hostage, but the hostage is just like a giant teddy bear, and the voiceover comes on, and it's like oh, we have like oh, we have to uh, go rescue the you know teddy bear from the mean bad guy. Oh Jesus! And, like everyone's voice, like all the voiceovers, like a lot higher. Mm-hmm. So they're like reloading, or like. Uh, <laughs> Reloading. The voices, like, there'll be like one before, and there was one meanie left. Oh my or god, or what? They read. Yeah, so it's called Rainbow is Magic. It's called, like, the event. Uh, and it literally just looks like a unicorn came and just barfed on the map. Honestly, that's hilarious. And it's, it's absolutely hilarious to play. That's funny. And, uh, yeah, I also find, like, it also it automatically kicks you if you kill the hostage, which, uh, which I find out because. I thought the hostage was in a, a room farther down the hall when I threw a grenade. Oh, God. Uh, it was not. It was much, much closer than it was, and it immediately kicked me from the game as soon as I killed it. So, But it's it's Scumbag. pretty stupid. Like, also, like anytime you blow open a wall, it's just sparkles and glitters that just shoot out. It's like, boom. <laughs> it's, it, and it's, it's even better because, like, you're, you know, serious operators. There was even a guy who made a comic, and he was, like, a president. He's like... Like, we have a situation in Air Force One. It's like, only bring our most serious operators. And it hard cuts, like, all the new operators, which are, like, u- like unicorn and just decked in pink and, like, cat ears. And the president's like, we're fucked. Well, all right. <laughs> it's, it's a, so that's my best. I only have a, a war. Oh, wait. I have two oh. bests. Oh, okay. What is that? I did my comedy routine. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, I texted yes, you yes, about yes. it. Yeah, you did. Sorry. You come. I know. I didn't even... I'm, uh, yeah. I forgot to even talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. It went... Uh, it went Tell us about it. It went well. Did uh, it? Yeah, I was... Did you get some chuckles? I did. I got I got, a, I got several chuckles and one full room laughed. Oh, good. Laughed. So, I, I did good. I should have. I, I was I'm not, sorry. I, I was not the worst one, which was well, good. Well, that's good. Uh, there were some definite terrible ones. That bad, huh? Yeah. Well, there were some good ones, though. Yeah, I, I did well. Well, that's I good. did well. All my friends thought it was pretty dang funny as well. So. Well, that's good. Um, my best is best for me. 
not best for the GOP or conservatives, but I think it's hilarious. Um, did you happen to see a couple days ago on Fox and Friends the uh, Chiron that they had on their show? No. So earlier this week, uh, or I guess late last week, um, the Trump administration announced they would be cutting foreign aid to El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. Okay. Did you hear about that? Yeah, vaguely. Okay, yeah. So they cut aid. Uh, and so Fox and Friends, in talking about it, said, and this is real, that they were cutting aid to three Mexican countries. <laughs> and and this is real. Look, there it is right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not Latin American or Central American Mexican. countries. Three Mexican countries. <laughs> uh, so that is my best. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, worst of the week. Um, worst of the week. We're going to talk a couple of minutes about MSNBC's Rachel Maddow. Uh, so for those of you who are unaware, last week... The Robert Mueller uh, submitted his final report to the Attorney General, mm-hmm. um, Attorney, Attorney General Barr. We have not seen the entire report. Apparently, we're going to see that within the next several weeks. Both uh, Attorney General Barr and uh, people aren't talking about this, but and Robert Mueller are assisting in redactions so that the entire report can be re- report can be released to the public. Something Rachel Maddow herself has not admitted. So, okay, I'll circle back to that. But uh, the report will be out. But we're talking, uh, what I want to talk about real quick is the investment that certain media pundits, specifically Rachel Maddow, made on this Trump-Russia collusion story. They went all in on claiming that President Trump was compromised. Oh, all compromised. so many of the liberal stations. Yeah, it was, he like, was a compromised Russian operative. That the entire Trump presidency was a Russian op. Everything, a foreign power helped him get in the office, and now they're controlling him. Yada yada. We found out, according to Robert Mueller, that that wasn't true. For all the stupid things that happened, there was really no way to prove collusion. It suggested that there was no collusion. Of course. There, you know, whether or not Trump obstructed justice is another thing. But as far as collusion goes, Robert Mueller found no evidence of collusion, which was pretty big for Trump. Yeah. Um, and Rachel Maddow for months had gone all in, pretty much since the beginning of his presidency, had gone all oh, in. The only thing I like, on I, Trump I, on my being, news stories like Reddit, like in the closet, was like Mueller's going to send away Trump for life, and like Mueller's going to take him down. Mueller, this yeah. Mueller, Russian Mueller, 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 yeah. Mueller. Nothing. No. Nothing. Um, and and since the report, Rachel Maddow's new conspiracy conspiracy is that Attorney General Barr is withholding the report. I've seen that because it actually shows a bunch of stuff that he's going to show the public. Well, clearly that's not true because he's going to release the report, and clearly he's not redacting whatever he wants because Robert Mueller is helping with the redactions. Something Rachel Maddow never talks about on her or has yet to talk about on her program. And so what I want to show really quick, and I'll put the audio into the podcast and we'll link to it, is uh, a, a decent reporting segment from Al Jazeera uh, on Rachel Maddow and her fanaticism of this story. The Mueller Report. When it came out that the Mueller Report had found there was no Trump-Russia collusion. The special counsel 
did not find that the Trump campaign... Understandable shock throughout the political media establishment. We are going to hopefully get a printout. It feels like the seeds of a cover-up are here. The uh, case for a Trump-Russia conspiracy was just not there. I mean, when you do journalism, you don't follow what your imagination wants you to believe. This is international warfare against our country. We follow what the facts are, and the facts undermine this notion of a Trump-Russia conspiracy. Five voices on the Mueller report, three who were skeptical of the Russia collusion narrative all along, and two who argue the journalists were right to focus on the story. And no network anchor invested more airtime, more of her own credibility on the case for collusion than MSNBC's Rachel Maddow. Because if the worst is true, if the, the presidency is effectively a Russian op. If you had to pick one person uh, who promoted the hysteria, then uh, she would be that person. Her ratings were going down until Trump was elected and until Russiagate became a possibility. And she seized on it immediately, well before Trump's inauguration. We're about to find out if the new president of our country is going to do what Russia wants. With this story, she started playing a character where she sort of became this patriotic uh, sort of front actor. There have been tons of Russians! There was a very powerful element of fear that ran through her shows. I mean, the, the, the most infamous broadcast was the one during a cold front earlier this year. Russia can just shut off the electricity. They have that ability now. Where she suggested that the Russians had the capability to turn off the heat across the United States at any moment. What would happen if Russia killed the power in Fargo today? You know, that would be an act of war. There was this implied subtext that the Russians were this sort of reasonless evil that uh, was everywhere, and we had to have vigilance and watch out for it. Everyone is going to accuse others of doing poor reporting. I would point to Margaret Sullivan's piece in The Washington Post where she said, the solid reporting done by a lot of people should be celebrated because it's a hard story to tell. And then there's cable TV and we need to make a distinction between those. Now, commentary television is not news, it's commentary. Given all that's happened since then. And Rachel Maddow in particular, she has certainly pushed the Mueller matter, but she's done so in a way that was supported by the facts we knew at the time. So I'm not prepared to go with any of the folks who say this was hysterical, this was wrong, uh, certainly was driven by the commercial interests of television in terms of what they covered. That angle, commercial considerations, tends to get overlooked. The focus is usually on ideology, since Maddow's network, MSNBC, leans to the left politically. However, since marketing itself is America's anti-Trump news channel, MSNBC has seen record ratings. At times, Maddow has drawn more viewers in her 9 p.m. slot than her competition at Fox News. Just a few years ago, that would have been unheard of. The publication of the Mueller report had an instant effect on Maddow's numbers. Ratings for her first two shows after the report's release were down by more than 20%. So I chose that as my worst of the week simply because um, I think it kind of goes to show support what we've talked about on and off throughout this entire podcast and there's news bias and the hilarity that is cable news sometimes and um it's it's horrible 
I, I think it's the worst just because it's horrible that that is the reality of our state of journalism. And, and, and you know, the, a point that was made in by one of the uh, critics in that clip was that there is a difference between print news and commentary cable news, which I think is very true and very important. Uh, Rachel Maddow is nothing but commentary, and she's not really a journalist. Um, so we could make that distinction, and it's important to make that uh, that distinction. But I still think this is a program, a network that people watch and look to for facts. And when they get nonsense like Rachel Maddow or on Fox, when they get nonsense from Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity, they, they think that that is the world. They think that that is fact, and it's not. And it's just absurd, and it's unfortunate that so many people look to shows like that to establish their worldview, and it's incredibly, incredibly misleading. So I'm, you know, Rachel Maddow, I don't think is going anywhere, regardless of how badly she's fumbled this entire thing. Uh, but it just goes to show, with along with many other examples, that cable TV is more about the ratings and more about whatever gets people worked up more than anything else, you know. Honestly, so I don't know if you have you seen Anchorman two. Mm-hmm. I, I think about that all the ironically time. Ironically <laughs> enough, it is probably yes. it is an amazing description. Yes, of modern news channels. The, yes, the way CNN I, came to be, the way that everyone else picked up after CNN. Absolutely, it blew because Anchorman one's absolutely hilarious and like yeah. kind of makes them points here and there, but not, it's more just like a comedy. Here's something radical. I think Anchorman 2 is better than Anchorman Ooh, 1. Crazy. I know. There's a lot of people who say yeah. that that's a travesty to say that, but I but liked Anchorman 2. Anchorman 2 had some just like, I came out of Washington and I'm like, oh man. There's actually a lot of good that, that had some really, really good <laughs> It's almost like this was actually a satire film yeah, rather, rather like, than a comedy. And more and more I think back to them like, oh, Anchorman 2 had a point. Yeah. Oh, I recommend you oh, yeah. point. I think about that all the time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Where they're just at one point, I don't remember who's going to be like, that's not news. Yeah. Oh, because I think uh, the main lady's like interviewing like one of a, like a Saudi prince about like terrorism or like something crazy going on in the country and like, oh, we're cutting away to a car chase. Yes. And she's like, that's not, he was, that's they, not news. Christina Applegate was interviewing Asher Arafat, the leader of Pakistan. And they're like, we're going to cut to a car chase. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember no, actually, just, at yeah, that point, I was like, went, what? Oh my God. Anchorman 2 is making some incredibly yeah. accurate point yeah. points yeah. about today's news channels. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, and it is like, it's almost like we're living in a satire at this point. Yeah. I saw there was a, so today, April Fool's is today, and there was a tweet that went out, and a guy who's like, he's like, I can't take this world seriously anymore. He's like, today, I found, like, today, um, uh, Elon Musk put out a rap about Harambe yes. and Mussolini's granddaughter got in an argument with Jim Carrey and neither of those were April Fool's jokes. I was like, are you kidding? Like, those are both true, yes! <laughs> it's just, it's absurd. It like, I not, saw that Mussolini's granddaughter me anymore. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah. Alright. Like, oh yeah. Just, that is, that's it. Just shrug on the shoulders like, yep, just another day. Like, yep, sounds about right. <laughs> like, it does, like, nothing surprises me yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's, it's it's absurdity just yeah. again and again and again where you're just like yeah alright cool guess yep. we'll just keep moving on yeah uh or uh, I don't even know anymore I know it's horrible it's horrible well 
But hey, but at the same time, we gotta say we wouldn't have as much to talk about. It's true. <laughs> more than ever to you know, just scream about. You know, and that's and and it's like you know we get off on it, but then of course like even like shows like you know late night with Stephen Colbert and you, last week tonight with John Oliver, Bill Maher. We all have so much to talk about. Here's, all the here's time. my other like best of the week. Did you see like the new the green the new Green Deal hearing? Oh, the the vote that the Senate held? Yeah, that no one voted on, everyone voted no except for... 57 nays, and all the Democrats said nothing, except, like, there were Joe Manchin from West Virginia and whoever the the Democrat from Arizona is voted no, and then all the Democrats were just present. No one voted yes. No one voted yes. (laughs) Not even the Democrats. Except for Cortez. Uh, No, she was in the House, and the Senate vote... Yeah, it was just, if it's 57 Uh, nays, zero yeses, everyone else was just present. No one voted one um, way or the other. Did you see, like, the... I don't remember who it was, but, like, the presentation that the guy gave beforehand where he was comparing, like, the uh, like the New Green Deal. He's, like... Uh, basically, he's... Basically, he was making comparisons of, like, oh, the New Green Deal is going to do this. Well, he's, like, what are we going to do? Oh, I know. He's, like, this is just as realistic a solution as the New Green Deal. We'll use... The Tauntauns from Star Wars is a solution. Oh, God. Or, you know, we'll ride giant, you know, seahorses instead. He literally came up, he's like, he's like, I don't, I do not fear the the new Green Deal simply because I know, in fact, that it will never pass this (laughs) Let me, let me pull it up. I mean, uh, yeah. (laughs) At one point, he has the picture of uh, J.F. Kennedy riding a Velociraptor with a machine gun. And he's like, this is, like, this is a more apt depiction of the Cold War then the New Green Deal is a solution. Oh, God. <laughs> like... Oh, God. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, the hardest thing right now is going to be keeping a straight face while trying to tell you how bad a deal <laughs> this entire thing is. It was glorious. Oh, Lord. Yeah. It was... So that's my other, like, best Modern slash worst. America. That was my best slash worst of the week. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and at the same time, I was watching, I was like... <laughs> I'm at a point where I'm watching a Senate hearing where he's talking about Star Wars, JF or Kennedy riding a Velociraptor yeah. holding an American flag and talking about Aquaman. Nope. What is the world come to? Modern day America. It's 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 one big like just acid trip yeah. at this point. You know, it's it's times like this where I wish like we talked about this and do you ever listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR? Mm-hmm. So at the very end of every episode, they they say, you know, what is this, what is next week's news story involving this? Uh, and then, you know, they read the credits at the very end. They say, okay, what did the panelists come up with? And they read whatever they thought of. And at the very end, the announcer, Bill Curtis, you know, says, well, if any of that happens, we'll ask you about it. And if any of that happens, panel, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks to also to Alonzo. This is what I want to... It's almost like nights like this where we talk about this type of stuff. I want I almost wish we could end it like that. Like if any, oh, of, just like an if any more absurd. nonsense happens, we'll talk uh, about it next week on Carpe Noctum. <laughs> you know? <laughs> if there's more... And there always is. If there's any All more right. nonsense I'll, to talk about... I'll give one. Um... I will predict that we'll come to find out that three casinos in Las Vegas are secretly being running by uh, ISIS. There you go. If like, any of that ISIS, happens, ISIS has deals in, <laughs> or dealings in like three major casinos in Las Vegas. It'll be weird if something like that starts to come out in the next week. <laughs> like, you, you hear that, and you're like, 
You know what? That could be maybe. <laughs> you can't discount it. Maybe. Because at this point, it's like, yeah, maybe. If that happens, we'll ask you about it next week on Carpe Noctum. So, that's, that's my, what's yours? Let's get a quick one. Oh, I don't know. Um, to be uh, a little bit more serious, um, oh, I don't even remember his name. Attorney General Barr comes out as a Russian agent. And he, <laughs> and he is actively trying to repress the Mueller report. And Rachel Maddow becomes a, a vindicated hero of the American culture. So another one, so more serious one. I think that people, civil in life, they're going to start investigating Mueller. The, 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 no! They're going to call him Mueller. And be like, but oh, you know what? That wouldn't he, surprise me. They'd be like, oh, look. Clearly the, he's compromised. Yeah. They would start thinking about, oh, was Mueller a Russian agent? Oh, my So God. I wouldn't be surprised if you we know saw what, You might be, I'll just, oh, God, that's so depressing to think about. Because I, I wouldn't, it's, we say that as a joke, but I could see that happening. I could definitely see that happening. Because clearly the scapegoat absolutely, 100%, always needs to be Russia. And we need to talk about that. So clearly this happened and Robert Mueller must be compromised too. Some such nonsense. Yeah. All right. Well, if any of that happens, we'll talk about it next week on Carpe Noctum. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great week. Carpe Noctum is a production by Amateurs, hosted by Dylan Shoup and Dylan Kiefer. Quick thanks to bensound.com for our theme music. Join us again next time.